0: Hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD, And an a Hawaiian comic book hunter, also known as just Hunter. And this is a Hero Story episode 112. Welcome. Oh, a Hero Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics. That includes comic book movies, comic book animation, comic book video games, comic books themselves. You name it, we probably talk about it. Now we, right before we record every episode, we usually have to go over, you know, basic stuff of what we're going to talk about, and you know, all that good stuff. Um, part of that is listening back to the beginning of the past podcast to know who started uh, the last week now uh, i couldn't remember who started so i went back to episode 111 and uh as hunter and i were getting ready i play it and uh it starts with hunter clearing his throat and saying three two one which uh like twice (laughs) not (laughs) was not supposed to be on the podcast so that's how we start every episode but it usually gets edited out so uh we, we had a big oof, but uh, <laughs> no one told us about it. This is crazy. You know, th- this podcast is a very community-based where, um, you know, I feel like I, I usually get, you know, the usual suspects coming back to me and, you know, saying like, oh, you, you actually meant this on the podcast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did actually mean that. Or, it's you know, mm-hmm. I had like the nice yeah. corrections. No one said anything about this. I was shocked beyond belief I, that no one said it.
1: I was just checking the Hero Story Instagram. We got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing. But.
0: <laughs> This is this is bizarre. Harper, you're slipping, man. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> uh uh anyway, uh hero Welcome story, to episode, story episode one twelve. <laughs> a little bit of awkwardness to begin the episode, but hey, that's what every yeah. episode starts with. Um listen, there's a lot of news this week. There's uh two pretty big uh anniversary comics that came out this week, uh, with Batman one hundred and the amazing spider man forty nine, aka the amazing spider man eight fifty. Mm-hmm. uh so we're gonna talk about both of those uh in pretty decent detail but first we're gonna start with the news of the week and uh wow I'm about to steal the news from Hunter
1: uh, yeah you are go
0: for it I'm, I'm gonna let, I'll, I'll let you run the comics this week and I'll run the news uh, oh okay yeah let's do it all right start <laughs> starting in live action uh Jamie Foxx you know the actor electro uh will not be blue in spider-man this is why i don't run the news uh he will not be blue in spider-man 3 uh if you remember correctly from the amazing spider-man 2 his electro had a blue to him and uh he will not have that which makes us think that he is not the same electro which i think is ultimately for the better anyway uh,
1: well he makes you think well i still think it's the same electro I just think maybe he'll have something like a little change. You know, people change their suits in movies. But I, I think it's still the same guy. But go on with your theories.
0: Anyway, I think it's similar to how JK Simmons plays J. Jonah Jameson in the new Spider Man movies and he played it in the old ones. Not the same character, but he's playing the same person. So I, I think that's what the Jamie fox thing is ultimately gonna come down to, but uh who knows? Uh, anyway, moving on to, oh no, let's stay with all the Spider-Man stuff, because there was a ton of Spider-Man Yeah, yeah, stick with Spider-Man.
1: Speaking of Jamie Foxx, real quick, do you think he will get the green and yellow suit in this case?
0: I really hope so, but if anything, I think it'll be kind of like the modern version of it, kind of like with Mysterio and kind of like what they did with Vulture, but yeah, I I think they would do that.
1: I I hope so, at least. And just, you know, he doesn't have to be blue for this, although he was blue in the Ultimate comics, so him being blue in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was in, like, that's not electro it's still a little comic book origin there i could be very as i'm saying this i'm like wait was he blue so anyways i continue listen, with the I, news i've never
0: read ultimate i've never read ultimate spider-man so i can't fact check you there but, but I tyler as the big uh, tyler is the big ultimate spider-man fan is about to tear you a new uh a oh new no no movie. yeah he
1: is blue <laughs> yeah sorry my I, I did read ultimate spider-man but it's also like one of the first superhero books i got into i think the last time i read it was like maybe eight or nine years ago so it's been a while. Oh, you're,
0: you're, you're due for a reread,
1: it seems. I, I would love to reread it, actually. Well, yeah, anyway, sticking with the Spider-Man uh, news.
0: Yeah, yeah. so uh, 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 Kirsten Dunst, who played Mary Jane in the original Spider-Man trilogy, and Dane DeHaan, uh, uh, who played like Nor- Norman, I mean, not Norman, uh, Harry Osborn in the Amazing Spider-Man series, uh, are both rumored to be joining the cast of spider-man 3 so it appears that spider-man 3 may be going for some multiverse stuff which segues us into the next thing uh benedict cumberbatch dr strange himself is going to be in spider-man 3 which opens the door to multiverse so does benedict being in spider-man 3 confirm the news about uh kirsten and dane
1: it seems like he is gonna have a major role unlike Thor Ragnarok, which everyone seems to forget Doctor Strange was in for like three minutes at a time. Yeah. Yeah, so now it seems like he's actually going to have a major role in this. My problem is when the news was reported officially, they said he is replacing Robert Downey Jr. as a mentor to Spider-Man. And they also Ooh. mentioned like a, or replacing him as from Nick Fury as a mentor in Far From Home. Spider-Man doesn't need a mentor. He, he really doesn't. <laughs> His mentor is Uncle uh, Ben. Oh!
0: Uh, Oh, uh, Mister, 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 Mister's Magic Man, please. Yeah, we don't uh, need that. <laughs> listen, it's, it's 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 gonna be a little tough when he goes to give him like a science five and or a magic five. Oh God, I. Please,
1: I understand no, you have a younger Peter here, but at this point, with the third movie and like his what sixth appearance, fifth appearance, sixth appearance in the MCU, he should be out of high school by now, right? Or just graduating around that age.
0: Uh, probably right at the end of high school.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what Peter was in Amazing Spider-Man too, and he didn't have a mentor. So why does why does Tom Holland's Peter need a mentor? He should very much like strive to be his own thing, get out of the Avengers' shadows, like Kevin said originally after Far From Home that he's going to be his own character now. But now it seems he's going to have a mentor. I uh, don't get me wrong, I love Doctor Strange; he's one of my favorite parts of the MCU in general. When the news first broke, I was very happy. I just don't like the wording calling him a mentor he should be there for the plot for you know having the story continue and open the multiverse assuming that's what's gonna happen here not training spider-man that seems weird
0: yeah yeah and uh yeah you know what kind of surprised me about this news uh about Kirsten Kirsten Dons because she kind of badmouthed the new spider-man trilogy uh a while back yeah, she said, I remember she was on some radio show, and she's like, oh, like, those movies are terrible, like, they'll never be able to do what we did, or something like that. Something along those lines, so... Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, paycheck's paycheck, and, you know, you do what you do, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of surprising. Um, does well, this in the end, meet? it's a rumor, so... Listen, if, if she's gonna be in it, then Toby's gotta, gotta be. be there, right? Yeah, I have, mean... jane unless toby's dead oh my god i mean
1: ramey is directing doctor strange multiverse of madness which is all about the multiverse and strangers in this movie Raimi and toby are kind of close i imagine so this is a good way for him to get in which means andrew should be coming in too i imagine especially since harry osborne's coming in so
0: after having after having my childhood dreams with Smallville crushed when he had an appearance in Crisis. I do not want Tobey Maguire Spider-Man touched unless Sam Raimi is handling it because hmm. I, I truly don't trust other writers to touch it because the Smallville creators would have never let that happen to Clark's Superman. Oh, God, I still hate it so much. That has no effect on me since I've given up my powers. <laughs> uh, I, I saw hope. <laughs> I listen if if Sam's not involved don't bring back Toby that's my feeling on this. Um anyway, somebody else wants in on Spider-Man 3 which is uh the Daredevil Kingpin actor Vincent D'Onofrio
1: something like that. He just um, basically something, d- fandom d- something. Yeah, fandom just tweeted out like with Doctor Strange being confirmed and all these other characters being rumored for Spider-Man 3, who else do you want to see? And he replied being like when I was a boy which is the Kingpin line in Daredevil, and a lot of people at first were just like, "Oh, this is confirming he's in. It's not. He's just having fun well well
0: and, well, and if you remember correctly, remember when Matt Reeves was doing all the Batman announcements, and then he replied like he he replied something to Matt Reeves, and people were like, Oh my God, he's gonna play a character." And then like a day later, he's like, "Oh, I wasn't actually I just wanted to have fun with Matt Reeves, so
1: oh yeah, yeah, because they they were asking who should play a certain character, and he yeah. yeah.
0: Like him tweeting means absolutely nothing. So, mm-hmm. And un- unfortunately, I just don't think any of the Daredevil characters are going to return.
1: <laughs> I have so Tragic. much hope for. Okay, if Andrew Garfield could possibly return, Charlie Cox can return as Daredevil. I I love um, Andrew. I God, if he's in this movie, and his story oh, continues, I-,
0: I feel I feel like if Andrew and uh, Charlie's uh, A- Andrew's Spider-Man and and charlie's daredevil interacted that would be like your dream oh scene. my
1: god i didn't even think of that that's like the perfect combination right there at first i thought like if andrew was in the mcu instead of tom the characters i want to react with most would be bruce banner i would love him to have a scene like as peter parker and bruce banner together just because mm-hmm. if you watch the amazing spider-man one which i actually rewatched two days ago uh he he's so passionate about science like that that's what he cares about before he gets bitten all he wants to do is just study and learn and adapt and invent that that's his character and so him talking to a character like bruce banner and tony stark will be so good but when he puts the suit on talking to daredevil oh my god <laughs> so can you imagine if in this movie the multiverse happens toby appears hey i'm toby mcguire I mean, I'm Peter Parker. I'm Andrew Garfield. I, I,
0: I, don't, th- I don't think he'd say, hey, Toby- hey I'm yeah, I, hey. Think I think he'd say, get, get out of the way. There's cars here. <laughs>
1: Something like that. I guarantee there'll be a scene where they all point at each other too. Just a yeah. little reference to the meme. But then maybe afterwards, they, they team up, they talk, they fight, they win. They go back to their own worlds. Then we get an announcement for The Amazing Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 4 to wrap up their stories. That would be interesting.
0: <laughs> I don't. Th- I think I don't think it would happen. But, just like the Joker know,
1: movie. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> very, very. We're comparing apples and oranges here. Yeah. Uh, listen, listen, uh, listen. You know, I'm a big advocate for you know Toby, Toby Spider Man, and, mm-hmm. and I want you know more of that. And you know, the idea of Craven's Last Hunt being Spider Man Four is chef's kiss. But I, ah, man, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't know. I mean, listen. We grow closer and closer to live action Spider Verse, you know. So maybe. I mean, but... we could
1: pretty much get live action Spider Verse at this point. It's gonna be a little weird, I think, at first, especially considering that Kirsten Dunst, who plays Mary Jane, will be coming to like. What if it's just her and Toby's not in it? And what if it's well, just well, Harry that's Osborn?
0: What, that's what I'm saying. What what if they say like, Toby Spider Man died, and she like.
1: Oh, you know, I wouldn't. I would hate that.
0: I'm saying, what if they ever play the role of like Mary Jane is the widow, like you know, my my Spider-Man passed on, like uh, I like don't... how in, in into the Spider Verse, um, when the Chris Pine Spider-Man dies, yeah, and, like, his Mary Jane kind of just like there. I, I don't think
1: what if that... I don't think that's very good writing for fan sake. Be like, oh hey, it's her from the movies I grew up with, and guess what, my hero from the movies I grew up with is dead off screen. We see nothing, so. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty disappointing. I think it'd be better if just she appeared and she could just say that Toby Spider-Man is all fighting crime on his earth. She He couldn't come or he wasn't able to come or it, it was an accident. Mary Jane wasn't supposed to be here. Just it'd be weird seeing, like, I'm Mary Jane. I'm in this new timeline and my probably husband at this time, not boyfriend anymore, is like 17 years old. <laughs> like, isn't that weird to think about? Yeah. Yeah, so let's hope Andrew and Toby appear too. But we'll have to wait and see. Spider-Man we'll see 3 again. begins filming this month, October. Well, we'll
0: see about that because everything's been pushed back, which leads us to the next news. Boom, that's what we call a transition. Uh, a ton of DC films have been pushed back, mm-hmm. uh, way, way back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, let's start with the first one. Shazam 2, The Electric Boogaloo, uh, has been moved back to June 2nd, 2023, which is kind of crazy. Um one of the problems that I said, you know, when I think when we reviewed Shazam
1: on the podcast, was yeah, before COVID entirely, yeah, I think
0: it was like literally when we reviewed Shazam, mm-hmm. or maybe the weeks after, I forget, but yeah, I think at it w- some point, where you have kid actors who are growing up. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Jack, I mean, yeah, you you actually mentioned that during fandom, uh, Jack Crazer, whatever his
1: name is, the one who oh, plays, plays Freddie, uh,
0: yeah, he has like a mustache now, <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. So, so and uh, the one who plays Mary Marvel, I forget her name, but she's like 23. They're all getting older. So, you know, as the movie gets pushed back, and listen, there's nothing you can do. You know, it's COVID. But mm-hmm. as the movie gets pushed back, I wonder how the story changes as the kids look so much older. I mean, I can only imagine what Darla, who was you know like a little girl in, in she's like Shazam six. One, what what seven. is she gonna look like in Shazam two when she's like ten <laughs> or twelve?
1: She was also in DC fandom. But she looked about the same, so not much has changed for her as of now, but with 2023, that means they could even start filming in 2022, and nothing would be delayed if they want to keep the 2023 spot. I feel like, if anything, Shazam 2 is a movie that you'd want to, like, prioritize filming and getting out, just because they're kid actors. Yeah. And Billy Batson and, in the comics the, by doesn't the way, really the, age.
0: Yeah, and they want to do a third one when it comes to the Shazam franchise, because David... Sandberg talked about how the first one is Savannah, the second one is Mr. Mind, and the third one they face Black Adam, so if you want to do a third one, when's the third one going to come out? 2025?
1: 2026? Yeah, exactly. It, it's, they really got to prioritize that because it's okay if you have an older Billy. I mean, he's like 15 in the movie or something, but in the comics he was originally 10 when he got his powers, and right now in the comics he's 16, so you're aging above the comics here, which is fine. It's just, you're going to have to do some new things here with the older characters. Like, hey, I'm an adult. And when I say Shazam, I turn into an adult. So <laughs> you're going to have to change some things up a little bit here. But I still have hope. It just should be prioritized. Other movies? Uh, Flash movie.
0: pushed back to 11-4-2022. Um, Flash movie, whatever. I don't, I I don't care anymore. I, I don't. Um the batman pushed back to march 4th 2022 that's Oof. uh quite far
1: away such a good uh, picked like it felt it looked like such a good halloween movie coming out next october but now it's march which isn't that big of a delay i was afraid it was going to delay a year or more so march isn't well, that
0: bad is, well to be fair this is just as of now it could go further yeah um, and then, uh, speaking of further, Black Adam, undated. It literally just lost its release date, and now we don't know when it'll come out. So uh, that is
1: the worst one out of them all. Tough
0: things going on for Warner Brothers DC right now.
1: Because with that Black Adam, no release date. Now it feels like it's a lot less motivating to focus on, as like the production company. Like, oh, we gotta focus on Flash. Do we have to focus on Black Adam? That's ah, it's okay. We we don't have to announce the release date yet. Kind of thing. Dwayne Johnson said that he was so passionate about this role and he was so excited to get into the suit and everything this year. And then immediately he he teased on Instagram that he was on his way to film Black Adam, but now he's filming a Netflix movie instead. And now that Black Adam has no release date, I feel like, oh, there's no rush for Black Adam. I'll film another comedy. I'll film another Jumanji. I'll film another action movie. And Black Adam's going to get pushed back more and more and more and more. Eventually, it's going to be a 20-year 20, de- 20 year delay because this movie was originally coming out in 2007. So, well, the Shazam movie was, but it was supposed to star Black Adam playing or the rock-ass Black Adam. So, the fact that it has no release date really bothers me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, mm-hmm. and speaking of that Flash movie, uh, Gal Gadot is rumored to be appearing in the Flash movie now um you know we know Wonder Woman has a role in Flashpoint clearly Flashpoint is not going to be the same at all but no uh, yeah maybe she'll be there with Ben Affleck's Batman who knows um, yeah uh, yeah. I don't know if she'll actually be in it but apparently she's being pursued for it I'd be okay uh, with it but yeah yeah uh I I'm I, I'm very indifferent it's a Flash movie I don't care <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the Invincible trailer, which I actually still haven't seen, but our very own comic book Hunter is going to talk about, because... Hunter.
1: Briefly. Kind of. Invincible is a comic book made by Robert Kirkman, who created Walking Dead. I believe it's from Image Comics. I could be very wrong. Uh, oh no, I could be wrong. Let's just say it's an indie company that isn't Marvel or <laughs> DC. Yes, Image Comics. Sorry, my bad. Uh, it's... Kind of considered, like, the best comic ever made. A lot of people say that. A lot of people also say it's a little overrated. But as far as I could tell, nothing but good things. Even the people that say it's overrated still say it's a solid read. Um, So, I've never read it, personally. I just hurt so many listeners by saying that. But, fear not, because I ordered the Compendium online, and it's supposed to arrive tomorrow. Which is issues 1 to 49, all in one big trade. It's gonna be thick. I'm gonna put it on my shelf. I'll probably post a, post it on my story if you're listening on Friday. Assuming it arrives Friday. If not, it'll be on Saturday. It'll be on my story how big it is. But yeah, um, this trailer alone kind of convinced me like, wow, this looks good. I am going to start reading this finally. This pushed me to read it. So yeah, um, it's basically about a superhero and that's all I want to say because I don't want to say anything else and like be like oh that's not true you haven't read it you can't just say that because that's not that doesn't actually happen but yeah the trailer itself looks very much like young Justice as style like the art style in a way it's very much like the uh artists on there uh ryan otley who is currently doing the art for the amazing spider-man um but in general the art style for the show looks a bit like ryan otley a bit like young justice but it is going to be dark there is gore there is blood all shown in the trailer so and it's animated i'm ready for it yeah Yeah. there's my speech
0: Uh, my podcast prep is not there yeah um anyway anyway, maybe maybe uh the compendium does sound interesting even though i typically just stick to trades but i mean it's still uh, technically
1: like a trade
0: uh, but i'm saying size wise for my shelf um yeah yeah uh invincible is a thing that i've considered getting into before uh my problem is I just feel like I always have so much to read, like everyone's to read list. Like if you if you read comics, your to read list is just like always through the roof. So
1: Yeah. Well what is your to read list right now? Are you done Impulse or?
0: Yeah, yeah, I finished Impulse. Um I'm actually we talked about this, I've just been so busy with like school and stuff that I haven't been able to get around to it yet. But um I'm considering doing a full Daredevil reread in the sense of Hunter. No, oh, that's what I'm doing. With Miller and, where I start with Miller and I work my way back to the front. Okay. Um but uh as for like comic series that need to be re- read, uh I need to uh get into Gideon Falls, which I have the trade of but have not been able to get around to. Okay. Uh, which is the Jeff Lemire image comics book. Mm-hmm. Um Invincible's one that I need to read. Uh the ton of Marvel titles that have been recommended to me, uh like a ton of X titles. Um like I have been recommended uh X Men and I've also been re- recommended Joss Whedon's X Men for so long and i like I, I keep saying like all right i'm gonna get into it and i just i haven't gotten into it so <laughs> stuff i have to get into i don't know i, I just feel like you know I'm, I'm i'm sure you feel the same way where so many comics get recommended to you it's like holy shit like how am i gonna keep up with all
1: these oh yeah i have a whole list and everything but i'm making progress like you're uh, listen you've been you've been getting into the
0: trades i'm i'm very proud to see big when time. You, in in the chat the other day when you were talking about like Reading trades, I was so proud. I was like, Hunter from a year ago wouldn't even recognize this, Hunter.
1: Yeah. I want to say 2019. 2018 Hunter would be like, trade? (laughs) Single issues is where it at, man. And it's true, because young Hunter would only read single issues. And if he wanted to read a run from a long time ago, he had to get all the single issues from that run. And it sucked, and it was annoying. And I never got to read old stuff, because issue 28 of that Daredevil run didn't exist anymore, (laughs) so, or if it did exist, it was like $400, so I'm like, well, I guess I'm not reading that run, and then I got a bookshelf, and that's so motivating to fill that bookshelf, and it cost a lot of money, like, this Invincible, not trade, like, come.
0: yeah, the
1: The Invincible book I just bought, $70, it's 49 issues, which is cool, over 1,020 pages, but $70, uh, oh well, you know, worth it, and even then, like,
0: you had a full send based on one trailer, (laughs) that's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I also, it's also people recommending all the time in my DMs, be like, hey, have yeah. you read Invincible yet? And I'll be like, haha, I want to, but no, I have uh, people messaging me constantly, you gotta read uh, Immortal Hulk, you gotta read Venom, you gotta read um, Donny Kate's Thor, which I started, you gotta read Jason Aaron's Thor, which I finished. You gotta read this, you gotta read that. So, I have a lot of recommendations, but at the same time, I'm focusing on things that I, I recommend to myself. Like, I just hear good things and I wanna read them myself. So, I'm reading Mad Fraction's Hawkeye right now. And I didn't get recommended that, as far as I know. I just thought it looked good. So, I picked up all four volumes. Um, Daredevil. I'm reading every Daredevil book from Stan Leon. That was kinda of just my own thing that I wanted to do. And I'm almost, uh, I guess I'm on Brew Bear right now. So, I'm getting there. I'm slowly but surely. But yeah. It's been fun. I've liked trades a lot. Highly recommend for those who just want to read comic books and want to read good ones, too. Jason Aaron's Thor. Fantastic. Has some major problems sometimes, but besides that, great run. I almost said 10 out of 10, but it's definitely not. Great moments, though. (laughs) So, yeah. Trades are good. Speech ended. That's not like that. Um, Anyway, um, in
0: uh, comic news, real quick, uh, well, actually, you, I think you have to take over here because Scott Snyder, you watched the interview.
1: Yeah, so there was an interview with Scott Snyder that was 50 minutes long. Uh, it wasn't by Comic Story, but Comic Story was kind of the one handling it. I forget who it was by, but it's on YouTube if you guys want to watch it. Basically, I'm going to kind of summarize some major things that Scott Snyder said. Slight spoilers for Death Metal. These are things that Scott Snyder said, and then right after he said it, he was like, oh, I, I don't know if I was supposed to say that. Oh, well. And then he went on to talk more brief about it. But slight spoilers ahead. So if you don't want s- slight spoilers for Death Metal, maybe check the timestamps in the description, which should be up by now, and click away. Uh, for Death Metal, uh, issue five... No, issue six, sorry. Because we're on issue three right now. So issue six, the original Dark Knights from Death, from just Dark Knights Metal will return. Will they be good? Will they be bad? We don't know. I'm calling it they're gonna be good guys. Because comics. (laughs) Issue, the the one issue before that issue 5 will have Wonder Woman looking at something that shows the DC timeline and she's gonna be confused over it because events are happening at the same time. She's gonna see things like City of Bane and Doomsday Clock and like Heroes in Crisis all happening at once and she's gonna be like "Wait, wait 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 this doesn't make sense. And she's going to go on a little quest to try to fix this. So we'll have to wait and see what that happens. Thank God, by the way, because DC's timeline is a mess at the moment. So hopefully it'll be fixed. And Scott Snyder said his hope for the end of Death Metal and going on with DC Forward, starting with like January 2021, I think, is that the timeline will make sense, if anything. So that's good to know. Before COVID hit, Death Metal was planned to connect into every single DC ongoing, including the Bendis titles. And it was going to have 60 (laughs) tie-ins. So this is due to it all following one character too, Aquaman. Aquaman was going to be in every single tie-in, and it was going to be a quest that he's going on solo, so sometimes Death Metal will tie into Superman. Superman will be in that. But Aquaman would be too. So would be the Flash. Flash would be in that, but it would also be Aquaman. Which is kind of a cool idea. But 60 issues? And they're all side stories? For a 7 issue event? Why? COVID right now? Maybe I don't want to be the bad
0: guy anymore. <laughs> Listen, maybe COVID isn't the bad guy. <laughs> if that saved us from a 60 issue tie-in. I mean, can you imagine... And, and this is, you know, remember, uh, who was it? Was it Williamson talking about it? About, like, all these tie-ins. Someone was talking about, like, all these tie-ins. That would be terrible. 60? That's yeah.
1: horrible. I think it was Williamson. And he was, like, involved with some of these tie-ins, too. Yeah. He's running the Justice League tie-ins. It was shortened big time because when COVID happened, DC lost a bit of money. And they're like, okay, we can't really supply all of these tie-ins. So you could do a little bit, but you can't do every single book. <laughs> Which is why books like Flash didn't tie in. Or Aquaman itself. Aquaman is supposed to be the star of these tie-ins. But his book alone will not tie into Death Metal. So, thank God. Within these tie-ins, some characters from the one-shots that we got from Death Metal were supposed to have way bigger roles. Including the Batmobile, who's also alive. He was supposed to be like a Transformer from a Transformer-like planet. And there was supposed to be a whole plot with that. The baby Batman, which appeared in the episode where I don't think you were in It was just Tyler Harper. And yeah I, yeah it was you it was you and guys were like to listen to that. This, this is the worst comic i've ever read in my life well apparently was supposed to continue <laughs> <laughs> we, God we all did. know
0: harper harper would have loved baby batman's miniseries
1: yeah for those who don't know it's basically alternate dimension where batman turns himself into a baby and that's it there is no story it's just he turns himself into <laughs> a baby does he turn back no the issue ends that was supposed to apparently continue but it never is now and then the other major character was aquaman like i was saying So, a few weird death metal things, but Scott Snyder also said death metal seems like his kind of grand finale, in a way, where this might be his last event, but he still has two more comics that he wants to do with DC, and is confirmed to be doing with DC, unannounced yet, before he might just stop working for DC and work on his own company, with his own indie books, which is cool. I mean, his his indie book has been very successful for, so far. He has an well, Indiegogo go well, up for yeah, one. I was going to say his Nocturna, I think it's called, has like yeah.
0: blown expectations out of the water. So mm-hmm. he he has that fan base now. Like him, guys like him, Donnie Cates, they have that fan base now that will pretty much just buy whatever they're going to write. Mm-hmm. So why not go to your own company where you can make you know more money and you have more story freedom? Like it, it makes sense.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, with this DC stuff, though, he did mention that he's working on something with Francis Manapul. He didn't say what it was, but then a few minutes later, he said that one of the books is going to be a Nightwing comic. He didn't say he's like becoming the writer of Nightwing. He just said a Nightwing comic. So I'm guessing Black Label, like three issue Nightwing story.
0: What was that Nightwing comic that came out um, fairly early in Rebirth? Uh, New Order, I think. That was like an Elseworld Nightwing comic. It was, I yeah. Going to do something like that.
1: Yeah, something like that. That was the one where Nightwing was like evil. It was like Batman Red. It was the Batman Red Sun universe, wasn't it? Like Superman Red Sun, but Nightwing. I could be very wrong. I didn't read it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so. I, I don't. I don't think it, I read it, but I don't think. It oh, was you Red did. Sun. Oh, okay. I think it was like. I. It reminded me of like Future Zen type, um, like Future and. Okay.
1: I just remember Wally West having a black suit. <laughs> of course, that's what you remember—the Flash. Characters. Of course it. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he's writing a Nightwing book, probably three issue Black Label, like New Order. But Francis Monopoly would be on art. I'd be okay with that. And yeah, it, the fun final... at least be pretty. Yeah, yeah. That that's about it for what Scott Snyder said. Besides, that, I well, just well, well, I was
0: I was gonna ask since he said he has two story ideas. What are the odds you think we get a Dark Knights Metal three to be the the you know the trio the grand finale next year? You think there's gonna be a oh. three.
1: Oh, that may Trinity. Yeah, that makes sense actually. <laughs> Unfortunately. I, Batman laughs I, I, I said
0: I said in our group chat that the tagline uh, for the book is gonna be like Dark Knights Metal 3. The Batman Who Laughs isn't laughing anymore.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's for all- oh that makes sense too. He said the minor thing, which is Nightwing, but he's gotta go up with a bang, in- I guess.
0: Instead of sixty 60- instead of sixty tie-ins, it'll have a hundred and twenty tie-ins?
1: Yeah, I guess that's very much possible. (laughs) And I will spend my money on it. Oh, man. For some reason. (laughs) I mean, he did say that he, the Batman Who Laughs miniseries that we read and reviewed on the podcast like two years ago. Remember that? It was six issues, maybe seven. It was terrible. Yeah. He said that was supposed to be longer. That was supposed to be an ongoing originally. And they're like, no, no, let's make let's make it shorter. So I think it was supposed to be like 12 issues or something like that but they're like, no, let's make it shorter. And the reason why they decided to make it shorter was because uh, Scott Snyder d- didn't want to overuse him, he said, which I kind of feel like he already is overusing him. But he's like, I wanted to like use him for a little bit and put him away for a bit as well. And also because he didn't want to be known as the edgy guy at DC, just showing this edgy Batman killing people um, in edgy ways. Uh, is,
0: is he not self-aware
1: of, you know, everything that the Batman Who Laughs is? <laughs> yeah. And then right when he said that comic story, and was like, oh, but you, you write such a good Batman Who Laughs. It's like, okay, who else has written <laughs> Joshua Williamson, I guess, in Batman and Superman? <laughs> That's about it. So, I mean, for those who love Batman Who Laughs, I'm sorry. You could have gotten more of him. For those who dislike Batman Who Laughs, Happy we lived. Victory Royale. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's about all he kind of said in the interview. There's a few more things that I either can't remember at the moment, or they're just talk about, like, how he got with DC and, like, his ideas for the future and how he came up with certain characters and stuff like that. So yeah, last bit of comic news. um, Daredevil, the ongoing that we all love, written by Chip Zdarsky, is in fact going to tie into King in Black, which is the upcoming Venom arc or, I guess, Venom event starting in December at Marvel. We didn't think he was going to tie in when we first broke this news on the show, just because Daredevil is a very grounded story, and he didn't tie into War of the Realms, which is the last event. But it seems like he is tying into King in Black, so... Or, yippee! You know, it depends how good the (laughs) the event is. We'll have to wait and see
0: that's it for the news yeah that's it so uh so let's jump on to the comics um yeah 33 minutes 33 minutes uh batman 100 now listen we could break this down panel by panel but honestly i just want to have like a discussion about it okay i i have this feeling with joker war where it's like you know i i I kept expecting it to just kind of take off and oddly enough, it gave me some of the things that I wanted, but I just, I felt absolutely nothing reading Batman 100. (laughs) I mean, I read it and I was kind of just like, oh, okay, that happened. Like, I I, I didn't get that warm feeling inside that I love from comics. I just, I got nothing. I was just like, "Well, well, that was a comic that happened. That was an event that happened. You know, we get things that I like, Barbara becoming Oracle again, Nightwing being Nightwing again. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I feel nothing inside. I don't know. Is it is it just me or is this like it it, it felt like a nothing burger of an event and or a nothing burger of a comic. I don't know. It is some good
1: things. Just, like you said, Barbara back and uh both Stefan Cass getting the bat symbol on their suits, uh Night Ring returning like you just said. The art is fantastic too. Jorge Gymnast oh, draws such a top good notch,
0: movie. and I'm sad that he's gonna be done on Batman.
1: He is not Oh, yeah. I
0: thought 100 was his last issue.
1: I thought so too. Oh, I guess that could have been the news of the week. He announced this week that Jorge Jimenez will be re- continuing his art on Batman for all of 2021.
0: Oh, beautiful.
1: So, after 2021, I think he says he's going he might be trying to get to on a different book depending on who's writing what. But for all of 2021, he signed a contract saying that he will be on Batman for future arcs. Awesome. Not every arc okay. because a man needs a break. But yeah. Yeah. But he is still going to be on art, And he draws such a good Nightwing. Let's hope Nightwing's still involved. But that being said, I agree with you. When I got to the end of this, there's little, like, side stories afterwards. Like, epilogues and things like that. Ma- making the issue a bit thicker. When I got to those side stories, I was like, why are there side stories in this? Oh, wait. It's a hundredth issue. Like, it just kind of felt like a regular end-of-the-arc issue. A regular Batman versus Joker. Not a grand finale like it was advertised. Yeah. so i agree why is that
0: i don't know maybe <laughs> it's you know harper said a few weeks ago that you know part of why he couldn't feel the hype for joker war is because it didn't really feel earned like a, a, a an event like that is supposed to take place like more towards the end of the run mm-hmm. and since City kind of like just started it's kind of just like oh okay you know Yeah, I I don't know. For for me, it's it's not you know I've thought Tinian's Batman is fine. I think it's very serviceable. You know, it's it's not that Joker War is bad. It's just that it's so. Eh, maybe it's the way that it was you know pushed and advertised. Maybe it's the way that it's been talked about. But I, I just feel like it's not much. I mean, what what would you compare it to from you know past events? Would would you say it's you know on the level of Batman Endgame? No, is it below Batman Endgame?
1: Yeah. That was easy. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, Batman Endgame it's... did that. That that's an, that's a good comparison actually, because Batman Endgame, although it was in the last arc for Scott Snyder, it felt like the finale. It felt like the final Batman versus Joker confrontation, and it ended with them fighting and them both passing out. While this story, that that's one thing that bothers me. Nothing changes. It ends. Joker escapes. That's how it yeah. ends. and It's just like okay, we've seen and, this and... before.
0: And and I think maybe it's because Three Jokers is happening, you know, on on the background that like anything that happens with Joker, I'm kind of just like, okay, but how does Three Jokers impact this, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. But exactly.
0: I, I don't know. This there's something about the story that just doesn't do it for me, and I and I kind of wish it did because I, you know, the idea of Joker War, I could see it working. I don't know when you put it into like the grand scheme of Bat stuff. You know, and 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 this is something that we were talking about in the group chat not too long ago. Where, you know, the problem with Batman is that everyone wants to use the same characters. Everyone wants to use the Joker, and it's
1: just like you end up overdoing it. It feels like Joker's the only rogue in Batman's gallery at this point. And and Joker
0: War is the perfect example of you know overdoing it with the joker because we've
1: seen all these things before you know it's just joker takes over the city and hires people to burn buildings down the only unique take was he was putting bodies in movie theaters and even that's kind of like all right (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's cool but it's a side thing for a major story here
0: it just like it, it feels like such a disappointing story and like i said there's there's things that happen in it that i like now we'll see how it ends up paying off in the future here because mm-hmm. babs is
1: oracle oh, sign me up that's amazing. Yeah, that's cool nightwing uh, returning that's awesome nightwing
0: returning sign me up amazing mm-hmm. uh Cass and stuff taking on you know the bigger bat role amazing i'm curious if, if babs will be staying as oracle will we see a actual pass the baton this is something i was talking to comic view tom about um you know about like if she's not really like passing it on to cast or passing it on to Steph like did it actually happen so yeah I don't
1: know
0: this, this I, like you I mean you know if you're listening right now you can probably tell by my my lack of enthusiasm and the
1: way I'm speaking about it I just eh. it was very aunt, due to the ending and just the story it had cool ideas it did I feel like we're all kind of tired of the Joker though Uh, Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm tired of the Joker. He was a side character in City of Bane. Everyone say a Bane ended. He was teased for all this punchline build up. Then we have Joker War, and while at the same time we have three Jokers, and starting in two months we have Batman, Catwoman, and Joker's gonna be one of the villains to
0: that. Yeah, like why is Joker involved with that? Like there's
1: really no reason. I I love the New Fifty Two era for Joker, because he it's six years of comics. And he only appears twice. That's amazing because the two times he does appear, it's intense. Death of the family. He almost kills literally everybody, and he like tortures people in unique ways, having them dance. And if they ever stop, they get like stabbed, kind of thing. So their feet are bleeding. So it's it's a very unique story for Joker. On the whole they also have the whole cut off the face and staple it back on, so give it a unique look. Crazy Joker. And then you got Endgame, which is the return of Joker. I think three years later after Death of the Family. And that's like the final battle. And it ends with theories of Joker is either like he's been alive for ages and ages and ages, tying on that whole like we don't know his true origin. Or we also have the whole he's sane now as he appears in the next arc or a man similar to him who appears in the next arc as a sane man. And he might have died because it also ends with him getting stabbed and falling unconscious. So it has so many different possible takes to the ending. While this story the ending is Joker escaped. The end.
0: That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it feels like they're setting up future Joker stuff too and it's just like eh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think James Tinian's a very good writer but I don't know. I just think yeah. Joker War
1: is eh. It's, it's okay. It is very much just an okay story. Uh, this issue in general I thought was pretty weak but I thought the story arc in general is just good it's great for new readers if you're a new reader and want to get into batman this is definitely like a super easy story to get into it's you don't have to know much going into it it kind of like tells itself which is good and it's well written too it's just kind of like a a typical story if you've been reading batman for years and years and years and want some some new stuff i wouldn't really recommend the story because it doesn't bring too many new things to the table art is fantastic Mm -hmm. it's got some cool moments but as a story, a little weak. Yeah. Anything yeah, else you want to say about it? Or?
0: No, no that's, that's that's you know that's about all of what I got because it's ultimately just it's okay. <laughs> what do you rate the issue? Okay, out of ten. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's like a. It's like a. Like Joker War in general is like a six out of ten to me. It's it's a, it's very you know mediocre.
1: I would say a six would be an okay. So, yeah, I give it, as well, a 6 out of 10, this issue. Yeah. Then, it's it's right. Right. uh A better issue that <laughs> came out this week was The Amazing Spider-Man, number 49, also known as number 850. For those confused about this, uh, Marvel and DC every once in a while do a relaunch of titles where they just start at issue one. They did this in 2018, I believe. For most of their major characters. So everything starting number one. Just so new readers can jump on and be easy to understand. They'll explain some things a little easier. And then they'll get into the deep stories. But they also keep up with legacy numbers. So since the very first Amazing Spider-Man. They're still counting from one to hundred. Two hundred. Three hundred. So on. So this is the 850th issue. Since the very first. The Amazing Spider-Man comic. Which is pretty 40. crazy
0: by the way. Like can we just like. In perspective. I mean, you know, uh, one one of the m- more famous comics is Amazing Spider-Man 300, which came out, I think, in, like, the 90s. Like, now we're at
1: 850? That's insane. Did it actually come out in the 90s? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think Amazing Spider-Man 300, that's, that's like, the Venom stuff. That's, like, it's a very valuable issue. It's
1: Venom, um, the Venom market. Yeah, it's where the black suit appears. Yeah.
0: It's uh, a 9.8 copy. just went for 5800 for Spider-Man 300. <laughs> so maybe save your anniversary issues. Uh, I don't know if Spider-Man. it's the
1: first appearance of Venom, but it's the first appearance of the black suit. And this was before when it was just a suit. It wasn't alive. So yeah, your suit so long could go for a while. Yeah, it's got that great cover. It's very simplistic. Yeah. You just have Spider-Man in the black suit. That's it. But, <laughs> With the 300s all around it. Hmm. Damn, I didn't realize that much. And yeah, I guess you're right. Well back then comics came out when they were ready and then they changed to coming out monthly and then occasionally they go bi-weekly or sometimes even weekly i feel like now they kind of follow the same formula as they used to for marvel at least where they come out when they're ready because this run on spider-man is at 49 issues and started at the same time as the captain america comic run which is at like 16 issues this is at 49 so they they come out when they're ready
0: it's yeah sort of the same thing with daredevil where it'll be like some months are monthly some months are bi-weekly
1: mm-hmm. exactly and daredevil is in their 20s right now i think 23 is what they're at 20 20 something but yeah so it's cool you know I'm, I'm okay with it this issue itself oh my god <laughs> this was good no, nothing really like extreme well i guess a few extreme things happened but this was just super well written nick spencer on spider-man like you're you're so good, <laughs> please stay on the book for a long time. <laughs> and Patrick Gleason joins the art next issue, but right now it's Ryan Otley and uh, Ramos. I'm trying to find the um, last name um, of this Umberto guy. Umberto Ramos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they're both on art here. Oh, sorry. Who's, who? Um, Umberto Ramos is known for his work on Ultimate. Okay, yeah. Well, he he's on here. Oh yeah, I do I do recognize this very much. Uh, so they they both kind of go back and forth with this book, like uh, Ryan Otley does the beginning, and then they switch. Just because it it is a double-sized issue. Um, the whole story is just literally Spider-Man and Green Goblin teaming up against Sin Eater. And you get some really cool splash pages with this issue alone of just them teaming up and like working together. The whole time, they're arguing, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, Spider-Man will shoot a web, and Norman will, like, yell at him, being like, you weren't supposed to shoot that yet, and so Norman will throw, like, a pumpkin bomb, and Spider-Man will be like, you almost hit me, and Norman's like, oh, the horror, if I did, kind of thing, so they're fighting the whole time. The Sin Eater himself turns into, basically, the Juggernaut, which I thought was a little weird. Um, at least I think that's, yeah, yeah, he turns into, basically, the Juggernaut, but the whole main cool things about the story was the Order of the Web which I kind of went over last Spider-Man issue, coming together to join Peter and and Green Goblin, and they're fighting against the Sin here. So the Order of the Web is a new team of uh, Gwen Stacy, Spider-Gwen, so Ghost Spider, uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Spider-Girl, Spider-Woman, Silk, and Madame Web. So they they all kind of join together as Spider-People and become their first big Spider-Man team that isn't just the Spider-Verse when the multiverse is in trouble. The team up, you have scenes where Spider-Man saves Green Goblin, Green Goblin saves Spider-Man. But it, the cool part of this is when they beat sin They beat him the same way Spider-Man beat him last time, by like melting the room around, making... So then he kind of... Or this isn't the last time Spider-Man beat sin sorry, it was when he beat Juggernaut. By melting the room around and making the concrete harden again so sin can get stuck in the concrete. So they do that, they get in a ship and they kind of get ready to fly off. But when they're getting ready to fly off, when the whole place is filled with like liquid concrete, Norman starts to really push Peter's buttons as the whole, all the spider people and Green Goblin are in the ship together. He starts saying things like how he doesn't recognize all these spider people, but then someone mentions Gwen's name by Gwen, and he kind of gets surprised by that. He goes, Gwen, Gwen, it is you, oh my. For the rumors, of course, but even still. To actually see you and be near, near you, well, forgive me—it's just a bit intoxicating. And he like leans in and starts to whisper to Gwen. And as we all know, he had a really creepy past with Gwen Stacy that we all try to forget. But he also killed this world's Gwen Stacy, you know, in the main experiment too. For the people that don't know the comics, he threw Gwen Stacy off a roof and her back snapped. So seeing a Gwen Stacy from an alternate reality really makes him start to. Threat her in more of a typical like mustache twirling villain, but in a good way here, as he's saying some really good dialogue, and that really forces Peter to kind of yell at him, being like, "You look, we teamed up for this, but that that's it. After this, you're done." And then Norman starts to f- start to push him again, more and more and more, just being like, "Oh, g- well, when this is done, are we back to enemies? Should I just k- quill kill Gwen right now?" And it leads to Spider-Man having flashbacks to Gwen's death. To other friends' deaths. There's all these deaths of innocent people that died because of Norman Osborn. And he ends it by opening up the ship. And Peter throws Norman out into the wet concrete. And they fly away. Leaving Norman to maybe drown? It doesn't really show... you kind of shows him struggling to get out. But we don't actually see him get out in the end. So... Peter almost killed Norman here. That's, like, the big takeaway from this. Like, he was tired of Green Goblin, and he tried to kill him. Didn't kill him, didn't succeed, because it looks like Norman did live. But, yeah. As far as uh, Centipede Guy, which I forget his name is, we still know his identity. In- Kindred? Is it in yeah, Kindred. We still know nothing about him. He was watching this whole thing unfold, but his arc is going to be a focus of the next one. And The Order of the Web will be staying with it all in the next one. The next issue... Is all going to be done by Patrick Gleason? He's doing the next arc. And the cover is Spider-Man hiding from the other Spider-People. It looks really cool. But we don't really know much about the story. All in all, it was really good for the run, this issue. If you're new to Spider-Man comics, I wouldn't recommend picking up A50. I would recommend reading from maybe uh, issue 40 up. Because this was about, like, a close to a 10-issue arc. So, you fully understand. Because this was basically just a continuation from... Where we last left off and the finale of the Sin Eater arc with Green Goblin teaming up. It was great. But yeah, don't recommend for new readers unlike the Batman comic. So yeah, all in all, I give it like a eight point five, nine, maybe. It was good. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. That's good. We are yeah, that's sorry, go on. <laughs>
0: that's you know, that's, that's that's pretty much the uh the comics of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't know what time we're at. We're a little 50. short on time, aren't we? Fifty minutes. Fifty. Okay. We got about ten minutes to, you know, kind of go over some stuff. Um, we already had our trade talk. Uh, what, what do you think about doing some comic history?
1: Yeah. So this was a pitch I came up with, JD, last week because we thought we would have a super short episode last week, but it we ended up going way longer than we thought. So I thought, new sh- segment to a hero story, history lessons, where we give you the history of of certain characters from marvel and dc not like oh his parents were shot and so he trained all his life kind of thing we're giving the actual histories of the real people how these people came up with batman captain america spider-man superman all these characters that we all know and love how they come to be we didn't really plan this who, who we want to do here
0: uh i think the best one to start with is the uh first vendor himself captain america
1: okay the history of captain uh, america told unscripted so, by jd and me and i
0: and i did promise that i knew his history okay so um captain america came around in the 40s 1941 uh he, his first appearance is in his own title captain america comics number one mm-hmm. uh he was made as essentially war propaganda uh, literally in the golden in the golden age of comics propaganda was a big thing in comics uh comics were meant to sell war bonds uh, you may recognize famous you know Superman covers uh, w- one that comes to mind for me is uh if you want to slap a jap and it's <laughs> slapping a Japanese guy and it's uh buy war bonds Jesus and, uh, yeah it's, <laughs> it's, you know I mean we were at war with the United States was at war with Japan so that was mm-hmm. you know if, if Superman says go to war with Japan well I guess the kids are going to like it, too. So uh, uh, Captain America was used in the same sense. And um, all his stories were told uh, about, you know, World War Two. It it was told about, you know, either him on the home front uh, catching spies or him on the war front. Punching. Hitler. uh, Yeah, there's the (laughs) iconic shot of him punching Hitler,
1: which was a huge risk for the comic to do showing him punching the enemy, and then giving it to soldiers to read while they're deployed in Germany.
0: Basically. Yeah, well, well, well so uh, it, he was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, both uh, who are of Jewish descent. And uh, mm-hmm. they, they both said that, you know, having Captain America punch Hitler was, you know, like all, all they could have wanted. Because
1: uh, then uh, so a soldier could read that and be like i want to do that i want to be like captain america you know um and and
0: it it, as hunter mentioned uh it was you know it it was a risk for them uh Mm -hmm. joe simon uh talked about often that you know after the first issue came out in the 40s they got you know a lot of letters threatening them hate mail about you know that that you know that's not what captain america stands for and uh They actually had to go under. uh, It's not really known uh, very much, but there were people that would go outside of their offices and they were, like, protesting out that there shouldn't be a like a superhero like this. And uh, the the New York City uh, the New York City mayor had to have, you know, police protect them. And uh, he uh, Mayor Laguardia himself gave his support to uh, Simon and Kirby, which I don't think a lot of people know.
1: I didn't know that either. Yeah, and I was actually trained to know this history when i worked at marvel last year so interesting yeah they,
0: they, they, they all had uh you know there's there a lot of threats on them but uh huh. yeah captain america captain america lived on and he ended up appearing in a lot of comics uh throughout the 40s uh although unfortunately he went through what every comic book went through at the end of the 40s early 50s uh the the comic book drought where they the golden age comics kind of died off uh well this is also due to
1: the war ending world war Two is over what's the, the point war, of captain the war, america the war ends
0: in 40 yeah the war ends in 45 and not as many people are reading comics and uh the comic book industry goes away from superhero comics for a while mm-hmm. and captain america
1: goes on ice yeah so, the, that's uh, how they wrote him like he sacrificed himself to save the day kind of thing also because yeah. they're like, okay, war's over. Why would I read Captain America? Because there's no point. He's yeah. not inspiring anymore because we're all safe. Freedom kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And uh, it, it, he wasn't actually brought back until 1963. So this is... About 10 uh, years later. Or, or 1964, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is... The Silver Age has already started at this point. Um, uh, he's... You know, he they kind of test him out a little bit because... If I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong here. Doesn't he get tested in... Um, what is it? Is it Strange Tales?
1: He gets tested it, in...
0: It's, it's a Human Torch book. It's I a think Human Torch it might story. have
1: been Tales of Suspense or Strange Tales. One of those two. He gets tested, but it wasn't Where, successful.
0: Yeah, so they, they have like a Human Torch story about Captain America to see. Like, all right, could we bring Captain America back? But this now, story
1: it, took place during the war again. So they went back to yeah. when, during World War II he just happened to meet Human Torch kind
0: of thing. Yeah, and and, and during, you know, it, to look at the time period, now we're in the 1963, something big happens in America in 1963. President John F. Kennedy gets assassinated and Stanley sees that the nation is mourning. I mean, it was, you know, they lost their president. It was very tough. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that America needs a hero. America needs someone to look up to. Could that be Captain America? And it all leads to... Captain America being on the cover of Avengers number 4 with the big title Captain America Lives Again as he leads the Avengers and mm-hmm. uh from there on out he's which he's was back. he returns he returns to his solo book and he returns to you know the Avengers and you like you know he he makes like all these this this big comeback in comics and
1: he's which Captain was genius to put him back there cuz this is Avengers number 4 Avengers number 1 is still fairly fresh But at the time, this was the first time Marvel characters are truly, like, reuniting. They're truly getting together. You could have a fan that loves Ant-Man and a fan that loves Iron Man, and suddenly they're side by side. So it was already a huge success for three issues. And just to boost even more, put Captain America on the cover, who not only was just a comic book hero, but in a way, he was a hero in real life. Because he inspired so many people to help stop the war. So you have this real-life hero returning... Straight on the cover of Marvel's most successful comic. So,
0: yeah, genius. Uh, s- some other fun facts about Captain America. Um, when they were coming up with the name for Captain America, the original name that they had at the bottom of the page was uh, Super American. Uh, but uh, they felt that it didn't work because there were too many supers around. So uh, yeah. they decided to change the name to Captain America. And they felt that it stuck much it makes,
1: better. Makes more sense because he is a captain. <laughs> yeah. They decided uh, um, not to bring Bucky back because they thought he was a little childish. As he was, that he Bucky was made for in the original Captain Americas to more so inspire kids. So when kids grow up, they wouldn't want to be more like Captain America. But at, at the moment, they could relate more to Bucky Barnes, so Captain America's sidekick at the time. They didn't bring him back for years and years and years until they brought him back as the Winter Soldier kind of thing. So. Yeah.
0: Um, other you know weird facts about Captain America. Um, in 1966, uh, the co-creator Joe Simon uh, sued Marvel Comics, saying that he has the rights to Captain America, not Marvel Comics. Uh, that the copyright should uh, belong to him, and they were able to settle out of court uh, with Joe Simon basically agreeing that you know the the character was created under the terms of the empl- employment of the original publisher so he didn't technically own Captain America uh, but he also sued in 1999 to uh, claim the copyright of Captain America again I didn't um, know that. Huh. And, yeah and um, it, it was it, it was about the copyright being so old at that point that he was able to get it or what he thought he would be able to get it but uh, Marvel basically sued counter sued and they're like no that's that's not how this is gonna work and uh, he uh but basically he ended up getting they ended up settling where he would get royalties for merchandising and licensing of the character so every time captain america appears in the comics joe simon gets a little bit of money and when if he appears in a movie or a tv show joe simon gets a little bit of money so kind of
1: makes uh, sense in the end he kind of wrote captain america like it was his idea and jack kirby's but jack kirby was the artist involved he was the writer so yeah honestly makes sense for that last part, him getting a little bit of money for everything you use for Cap, because that'd be annoying. And, you know, you create a character, it's so popular, and then years later someone else brings back that character. At the time, these are not when, like, there's characters created every day. And so it makes sense that he would be a little annoyed by that. So. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah, Captain America has a very uh, interesting story of, you know, uh, his creation... There, there's, you know, there's, there's more stories beyond, uh, you know, what happened. Of, uh, I'm sure that like have never actually gotten reported of stuff in the '40s. You know, um, there's always been rumors that like the government had to get rid of certain issues of Captain America because <laughs> it had to do with like their war plans. Same thing with like old Superman issues. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I'd be quite curious of like, you know, more of that. But uh, th- there was also rumors that uh Joe Simon didn't think that Jack Kirby could. Handle doing Captain America alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that he would need like a whole team of artists, which is interesting because nowadays there is like a whole team of artists. But mm-hmm. uh but yeah, cool. so uh yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting things to I mean, uh
1: Yeah, I was kinda like a tour guy for the Marvel exhibit, like an unofficial tour guy for the Marvel exhibit when he was in Canada. Uh I worked for the marketing for them, but since I knew so much knowledge, they allowed me to do a few tours, so I had to kind of learn a few things that I didn't know just off the bat. For Captain America, uh, a few fun facts about him that I know. He has interacted with every single United States president since his first appearance, except for the current one. So, fun fact there. Um, Falcon, when they brought in Falcon as his second psychic since Bucky wasn't around, although Falcon wasn't the first... Uh, African superhero. He was the first African American superhero at the time. So, two little. Those are two little fun facts that I could give you real quick. As so we quickly try to get to. Hey, we made it to an hour. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I. I, uh, I actually didn't know that about the presidency, and mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know that about uh, Falcon. So. That's I mean, you could still maybe facts.
1: interact with the current president. It's just at the moment he hasn't yet, as far as I know. But he has interacted with every single other one. Besides, given like he, the, the
0: Given the current writer, Ta-Nehisi Coates, feeling on the current president, I don't think they'll be interacting.
1: If they would, <laughs> would... it'd be more of a negative impact instead of yeah, a yeah, classic I don't, I don't panel that... where they shake hands.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's happening. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Fun facts. And uh, yeah, that that's the history of Captain America. So hey, hopefully you learned something. Um, if this is a section of the podcast that you think is pretty cool and you want to see more of, let us know. There's other characters that you know I think would be cool to go over their history and give some fun facts on. So uh just as, yeah, let us know. Just as Either comic fans
1: alone, we know a lot about the history of these characters. Like off the top of my head, I could probably name word for word the entire history of Spider-Man. So if you guys want to... I know that one's pretty, kind of typical. I feel like a lot of people know that one. But if you want to hear us talk about it, you can. Or the characters that know the entire history of Black Panther, I know it all for more modern characters, Jessica Cruz, uh Mouse Morales, stuff like that. As well as other classics, Batman, Superman. We will go to D C as well. But yeah. Like G D yeah, said. So, let us know.
0: Yeah, so uh yeah, the DM us on uh our accounts or DM us on a hero story. I would be interested to hear if you guys like this kind of thing on the podcast. And uh yeah. Yeah. That pretty much brings us to the end of the podcast. So uh Hey thanks for listening. Uh if you're listening on iTunes we appreciate a five star review. If you're listening anywhere else we appreciate a follow slash subscribe. Uh we're going very strong with our IndieGogo for the price of the pays. That. I'm very very proud of the uh very proud of the growth we've had there. Uh it's been a ton of fun to you know see see the success come in and like I said I I, <laughs> I couldn't be more happy, you know. It, it still blows my mind that hey people want to see our stuff. So uh <laughs> Yeah, we're up Thank to 74 percent so of our goal which is uh pretty damn good we're, uh, <laughs> very qu- very good pretty, pretty damn good we're, we're about three quarters of the way there so mm-hmm. uh hey keep keep it going strong and uh yeah anyway um for a hero story i'm jd
1: i'm hunter and thanks for being a hero and remember every
0: second is a gift goodbye What.